Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Pet Cast. I'm your host James and today we are looking at the episode Terriers and Tiaras. So before we go into the episode proper, I just want to outline right now. I'm not this episode's biggest fan. Now, when I don't really like something but not necessarily hate it with a fiery passion I just kind of burn out that said I do have a bunch of notes as in recent times so maybe I'm not as burned out on this episode as I thought I once was but hey that's what making this podcast is about on top of other things but Let's start this episode. So at the pet shop, Russell is making pet food smoothies for everyone. He offers some to Blythe, but Blythe rejects the offer. So then a man in a suit enters and asks for directions to the largest ever pet shop. Blythe points out that he's in a pet shop already, and whatever they can find at largest ever pet shop can be found here. He then says his name is Christopher Lidecker, a pageant director for the reality show Terriers and Tiaras, which piques Zoe's interest. Uh, He says that the Biscuits said to come to Largest Ever to show some pageant-worthy pets, but he keeps messing up their names because, like, he's a busy man and doesn't have time to remember names. Blythe rolls their eyes at the concept, as this is something the Biscuits would do. A trashy reality show fits them perfectly. So, uh, she starts to give directions to the largest ever pet shop, but Zoe barks at Blythe, and Blythe goes to talk to her for a minute. Zoe wants to go on to the show, but Blythe says that all these animal reality shows do is create drama and make everyone looks silly so i do want to point out she did specify animal reality shows like there's animal reality shows and people reality shows both do the same thing and i quote create drama and make everyone look silly but there's different ones for animals and for people. I guess this is the start of the animal agency thing. Not agency as in like like a talent agency. Like agency as in like you know free will or you know autonomy. So I guess this also means that Vinny's dancing really isn't that impressive to the Hollywood types, which also might mean that Elzard and his crew are all rejects from like this kind of show. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. So, um, back at the episode, 
Uh, Zoe begs Blythe, and Blythe comes up with the excuse that Zoe does not have her owner's permission to drag her to this uh, pet pageant thing. Except Zoe pulls out a letter from her owners saying that she can and should enter any contest that comes up when they aren't around. Which, okay, now that I'm thinking about it, why aren't Zoe's owners around if she's supposed to be, like, a high-class dog? If she's supposed to be a high-class dog, well, I was about to ask why she's going to the littlest pet shop, but maybe, uh, like, maybe they just hate Fisher Biscuit so much because they travel in the same rich circles that they go to the competition to spite him. And, hey, going there actually improves Zoe's showing because she's like, more authentic and powerful. So, it's a bonus. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. I love doing this show. I really do. It makes me think of so many things that I never would have thought of before in regards to this show. So, that is why I sometimes take breaks from talking about the episode to talk about a bunch of nonsense or world building as well as nonsense, I guess. So, I guess that just explains that. Anyway, back, back to the episode. Um... Minka and Russell volunteer to come along as well to help, but Blythe still isn't sure. Zoe then resorts to giving her the puppy dog eyes, which Blythe says won't work. But then uh, there's some dramatic lighting and rain effects that make Zoe look really sad, and that convinces Blythe to do it. Those lighting and rain effects provided by Russell and Minka. Blythe then pops back up and introduces Mr. Lidecker to Zoe, the future pageant winner. So, the sun sets and rises again. And then we cut to where the pageant show is taking place. A pink van arrives with a cardboard cutout of a dog on top, and while the dog who's cut out it, it is looks elegant, their owner is anything but. She leaves the van wearing a robe, and a bunch of fast food bags fall out as well. She also has a big gulp with her in her hand as she takes gulps of it, even though it seems empty her helper philippa is clearly overworked and the owner is working her hard uh she also pops out with her dog i forgot to mention that but anyway 
Then some cameras come and start filming this beast and her dog. Her name, Judy Jo Jameson. Her dog, Princess Story. Princess Story being the top dog on the pageant circuit. Judy Jo tries to act elegant and shows an elegant side to the camera, but when Philippa messes up by dropping a bag out of the several that she's carrying, her inner demon pops up and she starts yelling at her again. So, we then cut to um, Mr. Lidecker, who introduces the pageant and what he wants people to believe what the pageant is about. Okay. Okay, I I did plan this rant that I'm about to come up, but it'll be quick, I swear. I swear. So, to bring back some of that rage at the English language I had going on last episode, I have to write pageant a lot when making these notes. And I hate how pageant is spelled. P-A-G-E-A-N-T. And the worst part is, it's not even, like, from French, so I can't just blame the French for it. It's a Middle English word. Uh, It was a Middle English word, I should say, and it was P-A-G-Y-N. But I have no idea how that goes to E-A from Y. Okay. Rant over. So, Lidecker shows off the crown that the winner will be awarded, along with the title of, and he takes a deep breath, and when he begins talking, he contorts his face. And the title is Ultimate Supreme Miss Congeniality Most Photogenic Most Talented Super Sparkle Grand Supreme Winner of the Six and Unders. He said it in all of like, well, two breaths. He said, like, most of it in one breath, and then of the six and unders in the second. But, um, that title comes up, but I don't care too much about it to repeat myself. Like, so anyway. Then we are introduced to some of the competition. We have Shea Butter, whose owner lets her sleep in the human bed while she sleeps in the dog bed. And it's just kind of weird. And then Sam UL, who's been training 18 hours a day for a few months and looks really tired. Like, neither dog seems like they want to do this, but their owners are, like, kind of crazy, you know? So then uh, Blythe's camera shyness comes back as she can only say Blythe during the initial interview. Mr. Lidecker says that this is a problem and that Blythe should model herself 
after Judy Jo Jameson, who seems to be a pro at this. Blythe looks on, and Zoe's excited to see Princess Story, the biggest name in pet pageantry. However, as Zoe is explaining all of this, Lydecker only hears barking and can't concentrate. But Judy says she doesn't mind, because Zoe will be leaving soon anyway. This rubs Blythe the wrong way, and she starts to fight back. So then, after a bit more antagonizing, Blythe says, let's go, and Zoe, Russell, and Minka think that they're leaving. However, Blythe just becomes more determined to get in the pageant and win. And the rest of the pets are like, yeah. So then uh, Blythe shows Zoe the agility course. Zoe says she won't do it and will win using only her charm. But Blythe says she has to do it because it's part of the show. While they're conversing, Christopher is looking on and saying, noisy dogs don't do well in the competition usually. Because all he hears is the chatter. So, uh, Blythe has Minka run through it to show Zoe how to do it. And the rest of the owners we've seen so far make fun of Blythe for that. Because it's a dog competition, not whatever other rodent or whatever competition. And then uh, Samuel is tasked with doing it, and he does it with precision and stuff. Blythe gives Zoe a chance, but at the teeter-totter, she freaks out at the first uh, sign of the teetering. The rest of the owners laugh at Zoe and say she won't make it. Philippa is uh, then being interviewed after the rest of the owners walk off, and she seems like a bundle of nerves. She was originally hired just to have fun with Princess Story, but that went out the window uh, because of the pageanting. And also during this, uh, Judy is yelling at her because of something. So at makeup, Minka is doing Zoe's makeup, while acting like a typical stylist again, we're, we're at, I feel a bit of deja vu from like Bad Hair Day where Blythe was doing the same thing. Uh, Minka is telling a story about how I think it was like Vinny was telling Pepper that uh, Russell secretly has a bald patch. But then Russell appears saying, I'm right here. Why are you rumoring about me while I'm right here? But I guess it's the style at the time. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Blythe sees Judy fixing up Prince's story aggressively. And because of her determination to win, uh, thinks to take some pointers from it. When clearly that does not look comfortable. Blythe decides to fix Zoe's hair, and she does it fast, and it looks fancy. This is doubly impressive, because, again, in Bad Hair Day, uh, the last time Blythe 
did anything with Zoe's hair. It looked like a hurricane hit Zoe. So, like, it's a consistent style, at least. So Zoe now has dolled up hair, and Blythe wants to keep going, and does her makeup as well. The pets think it's a bit much, but now that Blythe has gotten that taste of evil, she wants more and victory from this. She calls Minka monkey butt and is insisting on winning that pageant. <sighs> Poor Blythe. I just hate seeing her turn like this. I don't know. Uh, maybe... Okay, I'm gonna... I have a theory of what happens... But I'm going to pocket it for now and then come back to it when I can explain it fully. So, uh, with that said, the talent portion begins, kind of? I don't know, they take a lot of breaks in the talent portion. I guess that's when most of the episode happens. So Shea Butter is catching frisbees impressively, doing flips and tricks and stuff. We then cut to an interview where Blythe is turning more beast-like as Ashley Ball breaks out her Applejack to impersonate Judy Joe. Judy Joe then shows up to intimidate Blythe, but Blythe fights back. She then does her own hair a bit more like the style of Judy Joe, and the crew seem to be eating it up. They are just loving this descent into madness that uh, Blythe is going through. So this is where I believe I can unleash my theory. So my theory is this is lingering biscuit. So remember in the episode uh, Penny for Your Laughs where the biscuits corrupt Blythe into being their friend? Well, initially I thought they were just doing it through song. And while that's kind of true, it's a lot more sinister than that. Uh, so if you're familiar with the anime Soul Eater, um, one of the main villains, Medusa, like, has the ability to infect people with, like, black blood that makes uh, people go crazy and mad and see things. I imagine it's kind of like that, but with, I don't want to say soul, but like a spiritual tendril that wraps around the heart of whoever the biscuits are like trying to turn to them 
Because, like, remember, in that episode, Blythe was starting to just imitate them. But was broken out of it at the sight of one of her friends. And how bad she felt after insulting her unknowingly. So, uh, if this is the case, uh, I don't think all of the biscuity evil force is gone, but it just didn't have anything to attach to. But now, in this den of sin that is terriers and tiaras, the lingering biscuit has found someone just as heinous to latch onto and take their powers from in order to overpower Blythe's natural good energy. And Blythe is slowly turning into Judy Joe. And remember, it was the Biscuits who wanted to come do this show in the first place. Blythe only ended up here on accident. But it proves that this hive of scum and villainy is the perfect setting for them and that Blythe has some lingering biscuit left in her from when the biscuits tried to possess her. Like she was just like a jewel or like clothes. And now it's starting to take its toll on Blythe. Holy crap. <laughs> That got a little more intense than I thought it was going to get. So, anywho, Zoe, Russell, and Minka are playing on the seesaw when Shea Butter and Samuel come up. Zoe compliments Shea Butter and Shea thanks her for saying that but says she can't wait to get out of her outfit. Zoe says she wishes she had an outfit like it. But then Shay complains about the outfit and how, like, you know, Zoe can keep it. Samuel then says that they're lucky that Blythe allows them to play. And then he freaks out because he's worried that if his owner catches him not, uh, you know, doing pageanting things, uh, he will be punished. Holy crap. I... I know this was bad, but, you know, saying it out loud makes it, like, ten times worse, at least. Punished. That's not good. Especially for a dog who just wants to play and are, like, 18 hours of training every day. But uh, the littlest pet shop pets are confused. But Shay says they'll learn. And then she and Sam bolt off. Blythe then comes in with a more Judy-like hairdo. And asks, what y'all doing sitting on the ground like a bunch of ground sitters? 
Just sit on the ground, ground sitters. They say they were waiting for her so they can go over Zoe's talent. Blythe then rushes them to the practice. Zoe does some of her own moves, but Blythe isn't having it. Blythe shows Zoe how a dog should dance for the competition and also expects her to get it right the first time. Like, Zoe almost does because it's like a simple one, two, three pose, but then she switches it up with one, three, two. And at that mistake, Blythe snaps and lets it slip that she's more interested in beating Judy and Joe than winning. So Russell then uh, talks to Minka in an aside and says that what Blythe said at the pet shop is coming true. So Blythe then starts uh, insulting some of the other competitors back at the stage and uh, Shay and Sam comment that she's gone full stage mom but Zoe kind of defends her by saying she's just a little overexcited and then uh, Shay and Sam say that she's kind of in denial about this but Zoe wants to prove them wrong she goes up to Blythe and says she's nervous and is looking for some words of encouragement Blythe does not have any words of encouragement. She does, however, have a new outfit. Except it's not new either. It's a modified old outfit that Blythe made Zoe for her birthday. And Zoe is mortified by all of this because that was such a sweet gift for her. And Blythe just ruined all the sentimental value. It. But Blythe seems to have stopped caring about sentimentality and feelings and then dresses her up and gives her fake teeth and a cowboy hat. I am telling you, this lingering biscuit is dangerous. Because, like, like you, you know enough about the biscuits by now to know... That they're soulless cretins who just pride themselves on, like, the superficial. And seeing Blythe like that again, it's like, eh, I don't want that. Like, come on, Roger raised you better than this. Of course he did. This is Lingering Biscuit. Uh, Anywho. uh, Zoe demands to leave, but Blythe is fully crazed and confused about winning this competition. So Judy Jo shows up and starts talking smack about Zoe and Blythe returns in kind. Zoe talks to Shay and Sam about how they don't want to do the pageant stuff anymore. And, like, the rest of the dogs don't either. They want to run around the park and eat what they aren't supposed to because they're dogs. And that's what dogs do. Even though they have some autonomy and can, you know... 
choose not to eat the stuff that they aren't supposed to instead of like eat it on instinct because that's what dogs do but like I mean because they pointed out that they aren't supposed to maybe they just want to do it for the fun of it and that gives back their autonomy so then Princess Story comes over and Zoe shares her concerns about the pageant and then Story talks about how they don't want to do the pageant either and is revealed to be male. This shocks Zoe as, you know, Princess Story is the most famous dog on the dog circuit. That A, he is a guy and B, does not want to do this. Just, like, solidifies Zoe, like, not wanting to do this even more. Uh, Story says that he does it to make her happy, but Zoe notes that, you know, Judy Joe doesn't seem happy. And of course she's not. She's not capable of any emotion, like the biscuits. So Story has the idea to... Oh, by the way, this is Story with an I, in case you were wondering. You weren't. You were not. But now you know how crazy this is. Oh, oh goodness. Am I, am I going crazy? Like, like, am I falling victim to like, like what is happening in this episode, but throughout the entire podcast, like, like the more weird it gets the more I get weird with it like I don't think I would have considered Lingering Biscuit until like doing this podcast am I falling into the same trap of just like being weird for the sake of being weird like I don't like to think that I am, but like at the same time, I am getting more weird, but like, like I think mine might be a bit more like satirical weird. Like I'm kind of poking fun at how weird this show is. By, like, talking about it in weird ways. Uh, I don't know. Like, we're like, this show's just being weird to be weird. There's no end game. I'm at least demonstrating how weird this show is by being weird myself. Right? Right? Hopefully I am. I like to think that I am, and hopefully I am. So, Story has the idea to raid the dog biscuits that he knows where they are because um, Philippa placed them there. But then he and Zoe get picked up by Judy and Blythe respectively, 
And then Blythe uh, wants to prepare Zoe more for the talent show and asks why Zoe's ears aren't pretty. Like, criminy. It's, this is just awful. So Zoe goes up for the talent portion and Blythe engages in some trash talk by telling Judy Joe that uh, she's going to get a webcam to, like, show off her trophy to, like, show Judy perpetually. But then Zoe takes off her clothes and storms off. Blythe then demands to know what's going on, and Judy fires back uh, sarcastically about the webcam in a moment of perceived weakness. Blythe aims to find Zoe, and uh, she has completely lost it. She is grumbling about what she gave up to get her to this position, to which Russell correctly points out, it's just a Saturday afternoon. She finds Zoe and they have a talk. Zoe gets rid of her makeup and her hair and says she does not want to be in this pageant anymore. Uh, Blythe asks if she came here to win, but Zoe replies that she came here just to have fun with her friend, not to be bullied around by a mini Judy Joe Jameson. And, you know, actually thinking about that, nah, again, it kind of goes along with, like, what happened in Eve of Destruction, where, like, uh, Zoe just got all caught up in, like, wanting to win and do stuff, but, like, she never really wanted to, like, do any of this. She just wanted, you know, to have fun, I guess. She doesn't actually like the environment of this, like, to this extent. Whereas, like, Madame Palm might be alright with it. Not to this extent, but, like, like Zoe just, just wants to have fun and just be herself. And if, like, this isn't there... Uh, like, it just can't happen. So, Zoe runs off, and Blythe says that uh, she doesn't need Zoe, and she'll still win the competition. She does need a new dog, however, and then she lays her eyes on Russell. Christopher explains in an interview that they allow substitution in case of these meltdowns. He also notes that these pageant moms have worked too hard to be let down by a skittish dog, which, like, tells you the extent of his evil. Like, he doesn't care about the dogs or, like, the performance. He just cares about, like, the chaos and, like, the all-consuming fury that this thing creates. Um, he notes that uh, Blythe's substitute is a hedgehog, but he is stupid, so he thinks 
that it's a new European breed of dog. So then um, he runs into the dressing room and tells Blythe that uh, it's time for the new pet. And uh, he gets shown a gussied up Russell who Blythe says is a star. Russell's then told to get out on stage and Chris wants more screen time with Blythe because she is good television. This like starts to crack Blythe's facade as she talks normal for the first time in a long time this episode. And Chris shows her what he means. He pulls up footage from when she got mad at Zoe and says that She's more Judy Joe than Judy Joe. And Judy Joe is one of the most popular characters on the show. And that's when you know that he doesn't care about anything except the bottom line. And uh, he encourages Blythe to keep it up, but Blythe looks at herself and sees what she's become. And like just gets sad. So um, Story is running away from Judy. But Judy gives chase. Story hides under the table. And then Judy accuses Blythe of corrupting Story. Like this whole environment has been corrupting Blythe. Story never wanted to stop doing this until she came along. Judy then tries to make Story compete, whether they like it or not. But then Zoe comes out to his defense and growls and barks at Judy. Judy then asks Blythe if she really calls herself a pageant mom when she can't even stop her dog from growling at her and, you know, having free will. I guess that's what this pageant is and what all pageants and reality shows are at least in this universe like just like attempts of taking away free will from people and animals that's messed up though cause like free will is essential to humans and pets in this universe I think and like like I guess like this much concentrated evil like is what is like corrupting Blythe and like Blythe is just picking out like the most corrupt or second most corrupt it's it's arguably Judy or uh Lidecker to like model herself after and like like yeah oh gee this is just horrifying now that I'm saying it out loud I mean okay I guess going on about what I was saying earlier about if I'm getting like swept up in like the show's weirdness like 
after talking a little more and listening back, I think like my weirdness is just coming from trying to explain the show's weirdness. Like, like obviously like the show wanted you to think that Blythe just gets corrupted easily by the, her desire to just beat Judy Joe, but then like it seems so out of character for her that uh I had to invent a reason and that reason is on top of another thing I invented for the show and like like trying to fill in the blanks like this is some kind of weird mad lib is like incredibly like weird when you get done with it because it's a mad lib so anyway uh we got uh lost a little so um judy is asking blythe if she calls herself a pageant mom but then blythe shakes her hair down and just lets it be the look she had earlier and says she's not a pageant mom and that zoe can growl at whoever she likes so like the hairline fracture is breaking fully and then story rushes to blythe and barks some more which blythe translates as story not wanting to appear in pageants anymore judy seems a little devastated but fine with it at the same time getting on all fours to kind of like yell out a story on like giving it all up but she seems a little upset by it but like she completely disowns story and then gives him to philippa and Philippa and Story are both pleased by this turn of events. And Story jumps into Philippa's arms as they walk off together. Interesting note. I, in the background, I did notice a shirt that looks like uh, Steven Universe's shirt. And, um, I don't know, maybe it's a little Easter egg that someone threw in there. Like, from someone who knew about the show behind the scenes. Because, like, this episode aired, like, two months before the pilot aired. And not, like, the first episode. I mean, like, the pilot. So, I don't know. I just thought it was a nice detail. Anyway. So, uh, Blythe offers Zoe an apology. And she wipes the makeup off of herself. Zoe accepts her apology and decides that they can still have fun today. So then in an interview, uh, Philippa is talking about how she can now fulfill her original role of fun having with a uh, story. And then she also corrects herself when gendering story because like she's so used to saying she so much for the pageant circuit that it's become a habit, but it's a habit that she's trying to break and you know that's good for you know 
human-pet relationships. So then, at the awards ceremony, Lidecker is introducing these dogs as not normal dogs who want to have fun or do whatever it is that gross underling dogs do, but these dogs realize that there's more to life than having fun. Yeah, this guy's the devil. However, where there are devils, there are also angels. And the angels of Zoe and Story playing on the agility course lead the rest of the dogs to flock to it. And uh, this pressures Lidecker because if he wants to save his show, he has to crown someone. And the only one left up there is Russell. So he crowns Russell. And, uh, like, with Russell tearing up and getting a thing of bones, uh, that's where this episode ends. So, yeah, I, uh, this episode, like, of the podcast went in many weird directions for me. Like, uh, I might say this is a turning point, but I don't know how many turning points have come before it. Like, I thought I didn't like this episode. I mean, I still kind of don't, but I know why now talking through it. Because, like, it seems so villainous and treacherous and like everything about it like seems like intentionally like it wants to step on your ghoulies but like i mean sometimes that can be good but like the redemption at the end felt a little rushed. So, like, the combination of not enough redemption and too much, you know, spitting in your face while you're down is kind of... Eh. It's not a great mixture. But I will say it is better uh, than, like, the first time I watched it. And the only time before uh, I saw it for the podcast. Which, uh, before I end it, I have a question. Because the um, redemption felt a little quick... Is the lingering biscuit still inside of her? So I have three possible answers. All of them... Well, two of them are kind of weird. More more weird than lingering biscuit itself. 
Okay, so the most blasé answer is yes. There's still a little bit left in there, but it's like very small and it needs something truly more powerful than like this like weird beast in the harlot like show of uh sin and scum and like the worst in people like m more evil than that like it has to be a very very concentrated form of evil so my second idea is no because Russell winning at the end triggered a release of the Lingering Biscuit because Lingering Biscuit technically won by like having Blythe do evil things to accomplish something. The Lingering Biscuit can rest in peace. And, uh, like, with that, it's dead. Or, option three. No, because weird spirit powers? Okay, hear me out on this. So, Roger is a pure soul. It would make sense that whoever Roger uh, married and had Blythe with would also be at least unrelentingly nice. So that created a natural nice energy in Blythe, which is what was corrupted in the episode. But like, that natural niceness manifests more when she's with friends and like since she's surrounded by more evil people than friends and she's had the lingering biscuit in her um she turned a little more evil but when like the hairline fracture of seeing uh, what she became on the TV came in, she realized that she was pushing everyone away, which is the complete opposite of what Blythe wants. And that allowed um, Ghost Mom, like in Cardcaptor Sakura, to come in like and thwart the lingering biscuit which is why the turnaround happens so fast she like instantly thinks of like her mom and her dad and how they inspire her to be a good person and how a not good person she has been and with that like the pure energy from Roger and his wife manifests itself in Blythe again and banishes the remainder of the lingering biscuit. I told you it was weird. I at least tell you it's weird. This show does not tell you it's weirdness. <laughs> Even though I might be a little more weird than the show at this point for this whole stupid thing. I don't even... <sighs>
I don't even know how I come up with this stuff half the time. So anyway, that's going to be it for, <laughs> for this episode of The Littlest Pet Cast. I can't believe I'm just ending it casually after all that. Uh, be sure to leave a comment and rating on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they are a servant and are not struck to the ground. And tune in next time for the episode Lots of Luck. I'm gonna need that if I want to keep my sanity. See ya. So if you've made it to this point and think maybe he needs to take a break, uh, I might agree with you if my memory isn't so adept at remembering what I'm thinking of when I do this. Because, like, I think of, uh, like, stuff... Like, like when I, when I'm like reminded of something, I like remember a lot of the finer details more than some people might, but I don't know. I guess it's one of the things that makes this podcast fun. Hopefully I hope you just don't think of me as some crazy lunatic ranting about a children's television show. Uh, anyway, thanks again for listening and listening this far. <laughs>